0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know what, man? You really are a cold-hearted... On the most emotional night in the history of The Shield, you spat on us, on everything we
1: stand for. A night when Roman leaves to battle leukemia, and you make it all about you. Somehow, some way, you make it all about you, Ambrose. You know what, you want the spotlight, you want it so bad, you selfish son of I, I swear. You want it so bad, well you got it, because I am fixed on you. For as long as I live, and I'm gonna make your life a living hell. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewinder with John Pollock and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewinder Rock for Monday night, then load a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewinder Rock for Monday night on USA now. Hello everybody, it is Rewind to Raw. I'm John Pollock here alongside Waiting. Way. happy Monday. How are you doing? Thanks. Uh,
0: I'm good. Yeah, as good as, as usual on a Monday. Why not?
1: Lots to discuss today. We have a lot of news to go over. An, an, an interesting episode of Raw, I think we can call it that, from Charlotte, North Carolina. And a show that everyone's dreading on friday but they're going through with
0: and i mean actually, i don't know honestly i don't know if everybody's dreading it certainly i, I would say uh you and i are
1: i i, I don't know I don't I, I, anyone is excited about this uh. i don't see anybody that is excited that sean michaels is having his first match back i don't see any people that are excited about the matches i, I don't sense any of that i mean maybe it's just kind of muted but uh even people that are not maybe upset with the show, I don't sense any kind of anticipation for the show on Friday, for the the wrestling that is taking place on this show.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think there might be a, a, a portion of the audience out there that just, like, doesn't either, doesn't care about all the politics surrounding it or doesn't know about the politics surrounding it. That might just kind of look at this as another B-show that they, they can watch when they get home.
1: Does this feel like Shawn Michaels is wrestling on Friday? No, not at all. I think that's completely lost in all of this. Um mm-hmm. but it is it is happening on Friday. Uh we will get into that. Uh but way how was your weekend overall? I know I chatted with you last night, but the the weekend as a whole, was it a, a fun weekend?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh yeah, we went to uh Braden
1: David Davies party. The B D E. That's right, we did. I don't think we even talked about that. We did make it out to the BDE on Friday night. I was able to locate it based on the pumpkin that was outside and wandered in and Brayden and all of his, his pals were in full fledged party mode and you and I were the old people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, I think it's been a while since I've been to one of these types of parties and, uh, they really like they're wonderful house. They really like, they decorated, you know, they made it, uh, really, it was scary. a very,
1: Halloween themed uh, party. It wasn't just uh, you know throw on some costumes. Like they decked out the whole place. I thought it was very thematic. I liked it. Yeah,
0: I really liked it too. My favorite part though was uh, they had a, they have a haunted painting that they put up in the kitchen. This was uh, if you would listen to up next um, at, at at some point the two of them, I think it was Davey who who just picked up this like painting from the side of the street. They decided to keep it and they hung it up and they encouraged all their guests to write on it. I don't know if they encouraged uh, people to write uh, write on it or what, but when I lo- looked at it, it was full of drawings of dicks. And uh, one person did it, and then everybody did it. So it was just a painting full of drawings of dicks. Uh, so, so it was
1: their own production of Canadian Vandal.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And, of course, I, I contributed as well.
1: Oh well, very, very nice of you to uh, contribute to the haunted painting. I didn't even see this thing; I missed that.
0: Yeah, we we're, we're, we were. I would say you and I were were perhaps the the most antisocial of everybody there. We
1: no, we of... weren't because we but... were awake the whole time.
0: Oh, well, okay, yeah. One of one of their friends was passed out basically, um, the whole time. They were, you they... and I just kind of stuck stuck into like one spot, like you know, like the divas that we are, waiting for people to come talk to us.
1: And they did though. We we had quite the uh we met quite a lot of the people. I Didn't know anybody. Actually Jesse from the 6 showed up. That's right. Yes, and his girlfriend. Yeah, he was there. Um, um but yeah, it was a fun time. They had a pretty good turnout of of people. They have lots of friends. Brayden had a very nice uh costume. I thought the nun outfit was I find nuns to be frightening, so I thought he had a great costume. Uh Davey was um Oscar if she had gone through a meat grinder. Yeah, when when I showed up like
0: I, I mean, I knew Braden's outfit. I couldn't quite figure out what Davey was supposed to be. Number one, because I, I don't think I uh, his complete costume showed up. Number two, uh, if, even if it did, I wouldn't have understood. I just saw Davey Portman in a fairy dress.
1: Yeah, with blood splattered all over him and an Oscar mask.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he's supposed to be somebody from a movie. You were an emoji. Yes, yes. Which emoji were you? I was the emoji with the, um, the big smile, the grin. I don't even know, dude. I, like, I picked this up from Dollarama, like, before I got there. So, uh, what about you? What were you?
1: Um, I, I found a old lucha mask that I had, a black lucha mask, and I wore that. That was was it. And then it was really hard to, uh have my drink with this mask. So I unmasked. Yeah. yeah.
0: Don't do like no one's, no one's going to invite us to their Halloween party after this.
1: No, we don't talk
0: to anybody. Uh, We draw dicks on paintings. We don't even have good costumes.
1: Well, your costume made me, I I thought of it the next day because I was meeting up with a, a friend of mine. Uh, she is, uh, she's just moved back from the UK. So I was out with her and she was telling me about her mom is really into texting now and using emojis, but she doesn't fully understand, like, the use of all of the different emojis and what they mean. So she'll use the, the laughing, crying emoji for very serious <laughs> situations, like... Oh, no. I'm going to a funeral, and she uses, like, the, uh, the crying, laughing emoji because she believes that it's to signal sadness. Oh. But it's a person crying of laughter. But it yeah, doesn't really fit, fit the tone.
0: Yeah, mom should kind of know in those situations, you probably shouldn't use any
1: emoji. Is your mother an emoji user?
0: Oh, God, no. She, I mean, she could barely figure out how to type. I mean, it's a miracle she even knows how to uh, use, use email. But uh, no, she's not stepped up to that yet. I'm just looking at the crying emoji right now. That's quite hilarious, actually.
1: <laughs> well, lots to get into. Uh, I don't know if you will be uh, crying with laughter at the end of the show or not. But before we get into all of the news, there's quite a bit of it. I think we should go over this week's schedule. And I think we should break it up. Do you want to let us know, way, what is coming up in the cafe this week? I think it's better to, than to just swarm everybody with with everything. What is, what is happening for the Post Wrestling Cafe this week?
0: All right. Well, this week in the Post Wrestling Cafe, which is, of course, our Patreon, uh, postwrestlingcafe.com, If you join, you will not only get our regular edition of the double shot that's coming out tomorrow, where uh, I'll probably be talking about this week's Total Divas. Um, And then, uh, John, you and I will be talking about the House of Hardy Halloween special.
1: Yes, I haven't watched it yet. I've heard very good things, though, and it's a reasonable time. So I'm looking forward to it. And apparently, uh, Matt Hardy has stated this is going to be a series that the WWE Network has picked up. So it's going to be a recurring series on the network.
0: I watched it. Yeah, it, it certainly does feel like it is the start of the longer uh, uh, program. And uh, you and I can discuss uh, what, what we thought of it tomorrow um, as well. Not only that, but on Thursday, we have our latest edition of Ask Away. This one, of course, uh, is that uh, just just uh, it's a special one because um, as many people know, uh, it's actually almost a year to the day. Of John and I being let go from our previous jobs and embarking on this brand new journey. So as a result, uh, on November first, I think we're, you and I are going to maybe do a bit of, bit of reflecting as well. Maybe announce some uh, uh, some 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 maybe updates to um, our Patreon, the Post Wrestling Cafe, and other things. So uh, listen to that. Get your questions in right now at uh, on the forum. And then that's not all. You join today on Saturday. November 3rd, John and I, you and I will be watching New Japan Pro Wrestling's Power Struggle show featuring Chris Jericho versus Evil, Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki, and you and I will be doing a review of that exclusively for Cafe members up Saturday afternoon.
1: Yes, all of that coming up this week. Post WrestlingCafe.com. It's a great week to sign up. We have lots uh, coming your way. Now, in terms of free shows, which all of you Cafe members uh, help us to be able to put out a lot of free shows. We have all the regulars this week. The British Wrestling Experience is back on Wednesday. We're also going to have a special UFC 230 preview. A quick show with myself and Phil Chertok, who joins me each month for the UFC reviews. We're going to have a show up uh, Wednesday night, previewing the UFC coming up this weekend. Braden and Davey will be giving us a whole rundown of their party on Thursday. And then they'll get around to up next we have Post Puroresu with WH Park. We will preview Power Struggle and chat about many other events going on in the world of Japanese wrestling. Friday is a very big show. This is going to be a free show that we will have after Crown Jewel. Way and I are going to do a rundown of the show and then we're going to be joined by numerous guests including Todd Martin from Pro Wrestling Torch, David Bixenspan from Deadspin, Brandon Howard from WrestleNomics Radio, author Lavi Margolin, As well, David Myers, who worked previously inside the White House, we are bringing you the a-list guests on Friday, plus Nate Milton on this show. We are going to be discussing um, not so much the event, more so uh, this entire story from all angles. And what Way and I are going to be doing is that for every minute of this show we will be donating $5 to the committee to protect journalists, which uh, you can as well at cpj.org, but that will be dropping Friday. And, you know, in a, I'm not looking forward to the actual event way, but I am looking forward to us at least having um, a very serious discussion with many people that I'm looking forward to chatting with on the show on Friday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, it's, wrestling is really almost secondary i think to, to the bigger story here but um for some reason like i mean you and i are, are we're not political you know journal, journalists i'm not a journalist at all but like you know we're wrestling people we talk about wrestling but somehow uh this whole thing has almost has essentially drawn the entire wrestling world into politics and as somebody who doesn't typically follow a lot of politics i look forward to being educated on uh on the bigger story
1: at large with uh, with everybody and then Saturday rounds out with a new eggshells podcast. waiting. if this week has not been busy enough, he'll be back on Saturday chatting 2008 at the yeah. Tokyo Wrestle Kingdom 2. Yeah, TNA versus New Japan. Yes, the uh, the two in Wrestle Kingdom 2 uh, stood for the number of takes. And then Saturday night, it wraps up with a UFC 230 post show. Ziggy and Phil will be with me as we will chat. Daniel Cormier versus Derek Lewis. And whether Brock Lesnar shows up at the end of the night, as Daniel Cormier has stated he believes he will be. I don't know if that's it's actually if that's possible to make it from Saudi Arabia to Madison Square Garden on Saturday night, but we will see. Do you expect Brock on Saturday after this fight? Um, No. I think it's going to be really tough to make it, but that is what Daniel Cormier has stated. He's uh, a man who does not like to travel, so I personally don't see it. Let's go through some of the news items from today. Uh, They have announced uh, Spring Break 3. Tickets went on sale Monday at noon, and they were gone almost immediately. They are running in Jersey City at the White Eagle Hall, which I don't know the exact number, uh, but I believe it's around 600 people that this can hold for wrestling. Uh, If it's a standing room only, this venue can hold 800 so I imagine it's going to be somewhere around 600 They were gone immediately. The cheapest ticket to get into this event was $75, all the way up to $195. And I mean, I logged in at noon. You could not get any tickets. They were either sold out or unavailable with people scrambling to get them. And yeah, this thing was an immediate success. Uh, I know that they're was some pre-sale involved over the weekend uh, where if you had a password, you could grab some tickets. But uh, one thing for sure way is that they could have, I-, I think just missed out on that, not, not having a big enough venue because I think the demand for this show, they would have done 2,500. No problem.
0: For sure. Yeah. And I almost expect them to, I believe they, they did mention like the possibility of opening it up to uh, more seats, I I I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to change the venue uh at some point to accommodate for more people cuz uh I mean uh, what it's how many people with the
1: building right it's um uh,
0: how many people, how were, many there people last year? were there last last year last year
1: well last year they had a much bigger venue i don't remember the exact uh total
0: yeah um, but well yeah.
1: more than 600
0: yeah certainly I, I i would certainly feel like 600 was a real underestimation and uh uh, but you know, with with what they're charging for tickets, I wouldn't be surprised if they were making as much, if not more, than than they they were last year. I just attributed it all it all, number one to P C O, but number two to Bon Jovi, because it it has to be the buzz from that uh, bizarre, bizarre, bizarre closing scene of Spring Break Two that 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 uh accounted for this incredible reaction.
1: The only name they have announced for this show is at Sushi Onita. Is that a draw for you? I think um, if it was Onita versus Joey Janella, um
0: it is. I'm not in particular that big of a, a hardcore deathmatch match guy, but I mean, you know, you and I were talking about some of the potential opponents that that Onita might face. Uh, Nick Gage makes a lot of sense, you know. I think that is the the t- a type of match that would really entice that audience for me in particular. Not that not as big of a draw as Sasuke was.
1: Yeah, and. You know, I'm curious now how this helps some of the other Friday night shows, which is when spring break is taking place, that how many people had reserved their Friday night for this event that were shut out of tickets. And if you see... Penis party wide open. There's only two shows going on at that time. You have MLW with their second night at the Melrose Ballroom, and you have the penis party. And I think both of those events are going to benefit from this quick sellout and fans looking for something to do on Friday night and some other shows that could land on Friday night, like Friday night, seems like kind of a night you want to target. Now that Spring ba- Break is kind of uh, sold out, and you don't have to worry about running against it, it's uh, there's there's going to be a lot of fans that are looking for something else to do that we're hoping to go to this show.
0: I think I was surprised when I learned that the the Joey jo- Joey Ryan's Penis Party was going head to head with Joey Janelle's Spring Break because I would say those two movie uh, uh, <laughs> events. Are, are, are very similar i think in in terms of tone in terms of like kooky weird independent wrestling uh tone that they would probably cater to very much to the same audience so i'm i'm you know like i'm looking at like we weren't able to get tickets to spring break so for me though i i could see you know going to joey ryan's penis party as uh not such not so bad of a consolation I,
1: in fact i'm looking forward to to that one just as much uh, WrestleMania tickets are going to be going on sale Friday, November the 16th, in a couple of weeks. From $35 up to 1000 you could also spend between two and 2500 for gold circle VIP package that includes Way. Are you ready for this? Uh, tickets within the first nine rows, a commemorative chair, and a special VIP entrance into the stadium. I don't know what that entails. Yeah, the entrance. Do I get to go down the ramp? Uh, do you maybe get to? Do they cut to the back and a limo pulls out, and then you see Way step out of the limo, and then it tilts up, and there you are. It's see you on uh, the screen.
0: I don't know, but I, I I find it interesting how creative they can be with uh, just trying to like upsell, you know, like to make these package deals seem seem just that special and worthy of, of that ticket price. That's that's a lot of money, but uh, if it's a once in a lifetime thing, I totally understand if somebody wanted to spend that.
1: John Oliver covered the WWE Saudi Arabia event. Uh, He continued his coverage of it on Sunday night on last week tonight. Did you get to see the entire segment? I know you watched bits of it with me last night. Yes, I saw the whole thing. Were you, um, I guess, you know, as much as kind of the WWE focus on it, I won't say it's completely disappeared, but John Oliver is certainly the most prominent mainstream media outlet that I think is still focusing on this. I, yeah, I mean, I think
0: so. I, I, I guess it depends on your intake. I would say like amongst maybe our demographic, he probably might be more influ- influential than, you know, your typical, uh, uh, you know, Washington post article or, or, or something like that. Um, certainly, uh, to, to, I would say like younger people, um, he, he has the loudest
1: voice. Yeah. So, uh, interesting to see, I guess what the content of Friday show is and, I feel that that show will be monitoring this event on Friday because clearly that team has gone through and combed through the greatest Royal Rumble uh, for follow-up footage after their first piece on it that I imagine they are going to have their eyes on this event on Friday to see they, what kind of tone it takes.
0: They prof- I mean, they, they showed Titus O'Neill's slip on HBO, and uh, like I'm just almost like marveling at, at at maybe mainstream society finding the gold mine that exists in the weirdness of professional wrestling that is just out there to be exploited that you know i guess uh people like us have have been doing so for a long time but there's just a lot of weirdness there and uh it was amusing to see a, a, a mainstream source uh bring it to
1: to the mainstream and the final thing which was addressed on raw is John Cena officially being out of the World Cup tournament. Bobby Lashley is going to replace him. And when you go back to the last time that John Oliver covered this, one of the featured clips, I would say maybe the most prominent one, was John Cena cutting a promo in the middle of the ring uh, towards the audience in Saudi Arabia. And it wasn't too many days later that the story came out that John Cena is refusing to do this show. And the WWE continued to promote it all last week. And tonight, uh, as I had been told in advance, they would address it tonight. And it was a pretty throwaway, just John Cena's out and Bobby Lashley is in and nothing regarding Daniel Bryan or anybody else, but John Cena officially out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they kind of made, uh,
0: as small of a deal of it as they could have, uh, almost just almost mentioning it in passing, saying how, uh, Bobby Lashley, um, You earned it, John Cena didn't? I'm gonna put you in, and then we're just gonna forget that John Cena was ever mentioned as being a part of this. Uh, You know, I mean, last show and this show, I think, are operating under uh, pretty different circumstances. Not to say last the you know circumstances surrounding the last show are uh, completely perfect or great either, but you know, this one has the cloud of a of the murder, the like a a brutal murder of a man, of a journalist, Uh, and. You know, Cena hasn't come
1: out uh, to talk about the reason why he might not be appearing, but... um Do you think that he should, or do you feel that we're not going to hear any addressing of this?
0: If he has no reason to, I don't see him, uh, you know, just like volunteering that information out there. But if he's on a press junket and he gets asked, um, I I, I could see him talking about it. Um, He's kind of caught in a tough place because, you know, he's such a loyal... Uh, uh, an employee of the company, I mean a man known for his loyalty to the company. Uh, but yet you know if the reasons are that you know uh, his PR people probably maybe didn't like him being mentioned on last week tonight, um, I, I I could see him you know he's he hasn't been like um, quiet about his disapproval of, of Donald Trump on social media. So um, not to say the two are related, but you know I, I wouldn't be that surprised if he if he gave an explanation. I wouldn't expect it though.
1: Yeah, I was curious that had they done something tonight on the show, such as explain that he's injured and off the show. If he would have felt pressure to explain the real reason he's not on this show rather than using some fake reason for not being on the show. I almost feel that if you are going to take a stand, you should stand by that decision and not. I I think that, you know, if you're going to make the decision, you should be all the way in on it. So I I don't, I'm not expecting anything from him. Uh, And this, the reason they gave was kind of it. They didn't come up with a fake reason. They just had just kind of a a minimal controversial reason to remove him from the show and just kind of say, well, he's not on the show. And And I hope none of the parties will speak of it.
0: And that's what I feel like the the WWE and anybody perhaps involved directly with the production of the show are trying to get away from this week with having the least amount of controversy attached to to the story as possible. I think most parties involved, especially the company, just want to get be over with this week. Do the
1: show, get that money and get out. Do you expect uh, anything? regarding Daniel Bryan, do you think by tomorrow night we will know 100% if Daniel Bryan is on the show or do you think that it could be lingering? Cuz they they are promoting him uh very very much so for this show.
0: I'm almost surprised at how much they're promoting that match. I mean, if in fact that match isn't happening. I mean, they, they like the SmackDown tease on Raw tonight was completely centered around AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, and if they know already right now that that match isn't happening. I mean, I find it really interesting that they're still going ahead like as planned with that as you know a a major event uh they could announce it tomorrow they might even save it all the way for sunday i think that'd be like a real bad bait and switch move but at like what on the scale of offenses when it comes to this show that would be uh very much at the bottom of the list if they did that
1: so and i i i honestly don't know his his status for this show so maybe we will know on tuesday night Um, That will be something to watch. But first, we will get into Monday night's show from the Spectrum Center, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, This was, you know, for uh, a lot of the people at the Evolution show, they had to leave on a a charter flight and uh, fly out to Charlotte for tonight's show. And they are in the midst of a huge stretch of travel for those that have to go from Long Island to Charlotte. And then they leave for Saudi Arabia Wednesday morning. And then after Saudi Arabia, it's on to the U.K. tour and TV in Manchester, England next Monday and Tuesday. So it is a very, very packed week of travel for the ones that have to go to all of these shows. Man, there's no way Naya's going to get to finish uh, furnishing her house. Oh, it's... uh Yeah. Of, yeah. It started off with a very emotional video on Roman Reigns going over last week's uh, announcement that he has leukemia, shot footage uh, with his family, and then uh, clips of him backstage being greeted by everyone. And this was brought up many, many times uh, throughout the show uh, involving Roman Reigns. And I guess this video off the top, I I did not have much of an issue with, but it was one later in the show that uh, I thought was pushing it way too far.
0: The one involving the angle.
1: Yes. I right. I was watching this video and just telling myself, I hope that this is not going to just cut to the closing angle from all of this and tie it together. Yeah. And yeah. I was not one. I'm not going to ha- be retroactively offended. I did not mind last week's angle. I did not have an issue with it. I thought that it was done where everyone knew in the back of their mind what the you know the gravity of last week's show was. But I did not leave that angle being offended or thought it was classless. Uh, on this show, I, I definitely felt that they they were not being uh, subtle about it at all. No. And just going full into it. And this week's show definitely rubbed me worse than last week.
0: Yeah, I certainly didn't think too much about it last week. I thought last week was just like, okay, uh, you know, uh, the real part of the program is over let's move on to our storyline and i saw the dean turn as storyline separate from the roman thing obviously it capitalizes on you know um i think the mood of of the time but i just almost saw it as a necessity due to timing because there are no longer any top programs we have the advanced dean's turn um i didn't think that they would blatantly relate the two as hard as they did on this show I mean, this show, you basically had Seth say, how dare you, Dean, on the night that
1: Roman Reigns is leaving and battling leukemia, you had to turn on the shield. I did not expect that sentence. I, I did not want to hear the word leukemia come out of Dean or Seth's mouth on this show, and they went there, and, yeah, the video that came out later, it was, like, you, they were clearly going out of their way to tie one to the other, and it was just, it was too far for me. Like, last week, I could take that, listen, this is obviously a, uh, a very heavy episode and you arc doing an angle out of it. And you could look at it that here's this guy who's got this awful news. The the silver lining is his, his best friend is going to get this, this big push out of it, which does sound kind of, you know, classless, but I did not feel offended last week. Uh, And maybe others did, but I did not last week this week. I had a definite, definite different takeaway to it. Uh, but we will get into that. Starts off with Baron Corbin in the ring with the universal title. And he says that last week was one of the most emotional of his career. But that was last week and life goes on. And he hopes Roman beats leukemia. But when he comes back, he hoped, hopes that it's not to Raw. And he gets interrupted by Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. I mean, that was almost just the beginning right there. Like That was kind of a tip-off to, you know what, we are... If, if I, we can I, get some heat out of this, we will.
0: I just don't like to hear the word leukemia used in a wrestling angle context. Like, that just, to me, is so wrong. It's so wrong. Uh, especially if the guy actually has leukemia. I but, mean it, uh, man. It, it, it takes me out of it, is is what it does. It's too real.
1: Like, it really does get to the core of a larger issue that those that follow this company to the extent that we do, that here they are facing all of this backlash for this show. And then they 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 script stuff like this on the show. It's like mm. there's people that are just unabashed apologists for this company. And I think that's a really, really tough position to take when it seems like they run towards some of this and they just ask for it. At a time when they are just getting raked over the coals, and here it is, like okay this this leukemia angle that we can we can use to get for a cheap line for Baron Corbin, like it's just mm. I don't know, I don't know at times how you can just defend this, yep, Heyman is out with Lesnar says history will be made in four days when Lesnar wins the title back. Uh, there were some boos here when Crown Jewel was mentioned, and that would be a theme throughout the night. He says, this is a spoiler. That is a guarantee that Lesnar is going to win the title. I could not be more clairvoyant if the outcome of this match were predetermined, which I did think was a good line. Hmm. Yes. We're getting a shoot on Friday, way.
0: Well, um, yeah,
1: maybe DC will show up, and then he'll fly. He compares this Friday... Uh, the history that will be made much like the Super Bowl or the Academy Awards. And then Braun comes out. He states he will be champion again. Corbin gets knocked aside and it ends with Corbin taking three power slams while Lesnar holds up the title. And then as Strowman goes to leave, Lesnar comes from behind, hits him with the F5 and that ended the segment.
0: I thought, um, a rather mediocre segment, I thought just pretty generic uh, promos all around from from Paul, from Braun, from Braun, you know, Paul just says history's gonna be made a crown jewel, and Braun just comes out and says you're gonna get these hands. To me, it wasn't worth ten minutes. Um, what I did kind of take from it was the reaction for Braun as a babyface is pretty good this week. You know, certainly not near the peak. His peak months ago, he still it seems to be in recovery mode. But I I I considered it pretty good considering he was just a heel two weeks ago.
1: They recapped Ambrose turn from last week on Rollins. And then we went to Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. Leo Rush insulted Balor and said, the big man is going to make you humble. And there was a lot of Leo Rush on this card. Um, he insulted Charlotte, not the female wrestler, but the city and did get some heat when he brought up the city. Tonight's sponsor on raw was Twizzlers. The tagline, you can't be serious. With Twizzlers. You can't be serious with Twizzlers. Okay. I was hoping Twizzlers would maybe decide to sponsor Crown Jewel just so we could hear Michael Cole several times during the broadcast say, Crown Jewel, you can't be serious. (laughs) Rush was just on the microphone for the whole match. Bobby Lashley was really working that trapezius muscle of Finn Balor. Uh, we had a Tope hero onto Lashley as they set up the first commercial break. Balor made his comeback. Audience got into it. Uh, Lashley uh, caught him on his shoulders, flipped him off, but only got a two count, which Graves blamed on his headband falling off during the process. And then Balor attacked him with a sling blade, climbed up to the corner. It looked like Rush was supposed to stop Balor, but didn't quite get there in time. So Balor then went to the other opposite end and climbed to the top. This time, Leo did shove him off for the DQ finish. And then Lashley continued to attack Balor on the apron and into the barricade. And afterwards, Leo Rush slapped him, and Balor was left dead. I mean, the the match was very
0: similar to last week, where Lashley just kind of takes most of it with some really boring heat. But unfortunately, um, unlike last week, we didn't get a great Finn Balor comeback to get the crowd back. It was cut off short with this uh, DQ finish. Uh, I mean, I think Rush, Leo Rush is is a good manager. He, he has potential. But for me, like this current incarnation of him, this first incarnation of him is kind of being held back by some bad ideas. This Lashley, Lashley, Lashley it's just, it's incredibly irritating, but not really in a good way. It's not in a Jim Cornette irritating way. It's more in a, of a Jillian Hall singing badly type of annoying and uh, uh, I don't know uh, it doesn't work for me all that much I think the feud is not
1: really working for me either. Yeah and given where they were going like, I almost think that if if you're putting this guy into the tournament like sh- he probably should have just won this match or put him in there with someone that you are willing to beat like he should have just run through somebody to get into this World Cup tournament Does Finn, Does Finn, have, Finn a have a match? No he's not booked on this show mm-hmm. Lucky him, Lucky him. Paige and Nia Jax are changing careers on Total Divas this week to become pizza servers. It's going to be, be wacky. wacky. <laughs> Lashley and Rush are backstage. They find Baron Corbin, and Corbin says that Balor has been disrespectful, so he's happy at what they did to him. And he says, John Cena never qualified for the World Cup tournament, so you're in. I guess Lashley qualified by losing by DQ moments ago. So uh, I didn't quite understand this, this logic, but I guess you don't need to have it if you're the heel GM.
0: I didn't even think of that. Um, Yeah, that made no sense. He lost the match. <laughs> he lost the match, but he attacked Finn Balor post-match, and that was enough to, to convince ba- uh, uh, Baron Corbin. Wow. that did.
1: Yeah, like why not just give him the win here? Yeah, I mean, you're... I mean, Finn Balor doesn't even feel as though he's someone being protected. Or throw somebody else in that Bobby can beat. And then this would have at least made a bit more sense than it did. About as lazy of an explanation I think you could come up with. Well, I mean, it it was what it was. Then they announced that this year at the Survivor Series, we have listened to Wei Ting. He demanded it. Brand versus brand who is going to be the stronger oh, show we're going to get all raw versus smackdown matches including champion versus champion and our first match Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch
0: remember like we had like this big discussion yesterday where like i was completely just against the idea to begin with because we like last year we just like we got such a like a shitty build towards uh, all the matches cuz guys like can't appear on the same show together so they always have to like just face other people beat other people yet in the pay-per-view they're gonna face somebody else anyway and then you came up with this idea where maybe they could subtly tease ronda versus becky somewhere down the line by having both champions be at the end staying far apart from each other but holding their belts so that fans can can get the subtle visual of one day seeing this dream match between ronda rousey and becky lynch and that evening, uh, little did we know,
1: they shot the angle to oh, uh, set this This video up. was terrible, this setup, where the two of them confronted each other after Evolution, and they each referred to the other as Champ several times, and I thought it was so painfully awkward. Yeah, hey Champ. Hey Champ. Okay, Champ. <laughs> you know, the best line, did you see Becky's tweet that was just great? I think I did, yes the one with uh ronda following her.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah. She oh just, man. Yeah, she's got the
1: it's got the like graphic of a uh, Ronda Rousey followed you and then the caption from Becky she tried. wow, that that's very clever. Um what was I going to say? Uh here are the other possibilities we might get at the Survivor series. Okay, so but I, first, like this match, I
0: I don't know really how they're going to navigate this cuz Ronda's going to beat her. I know, but like, I'm just thinking about reaction, crowd reaction, you know, um, you know, certainly Rhonda's a big star. I don't think Ronda will get booed. Um, I don't, but I, it's possible, you know, you're putting her at risk. I certainly don't see Becky getting booed. She's like probably the hottest baby face who's not a baby face in the company right now. And if anybody stands a chance to have Ronda Rousey booed, it's putting Ronda Rousey up against Becky
1: Lynch. So I think they have to navigate that quite carefully yeah it's a test. I would say that if this was something more than a two week build i mean I think this is a match people wanna see. i just I don't think you're I gonna think get bad timing for it. You got two weeks to build to this, and I just don't like the dynamic of it now um yeah, and it's and it's always one of those really difficult shows to book finishes for. uh I don't think either should be losing right now. You could say that for like all the title matches. Yeah, What world champion should be
0: losing right now?
1: Yeah, I know. It kind of puts you into a corner. And as well, there's no follow-up to it either when one loses. It's not like it's a feud that's going to continue beyond this, one, this one-off this one show. So, um, yeah, and interesting kind of what they do with when you have Rollins and Ambrose as the tag champions plus Rollins as the IC champion. Um, like, you get the titles off of Rollins and Ambrose and onto another team and on next week, and then that sets up because you kind of want those titles free for this kind of a pay per view.
0: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, unless they do the thing where they're forced to defend them and hilarity ensues, um,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. That's the I'm other thing sure. you can't really build to anything, you got to put Rollins and Ambrose on hold at the Survivor Series because you would think Rollins is probably going to end up in a match with Nakamura. Uh, Rollins and Nakamura, right?
0: Again, like i like the match i love the match it's just like i hate these builds that uh, that just like have nothing no story attached to it you're not gonna get anything you know and sometimes maybe that's fine maybe fans don't really care but um i don't know i feel like a rollins versus nakamura kind of deserves a bit more than just uh two weeks and then no story
1: we had a 10-woman tag. Lita, Trish Stratus, Natalia, Sasha Banks, and Bailey taking on Mickey James, Alicia Fox, and the Riot Squad. Alicia Fox, uh, Alexa Bliss came out with the heels. Match began. Stratus did this headlock-head scissors combination to Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot. Lita then hit a clothesline off the back of Trish onto Liv, where. She did this on Sunday and she did it again tonight and it, it looked like she was just going to collapse going into the corner.
0: I, she... I, I think it's more on Trish for this one. Like Trish looked
1: like sh- she collapsed uh, off Alita's weight. Yeah, it looked like she uh, when she went to kick off the back like Trish like gave way which you would think all that that yoga uh, experience like she would be a good base. Uh, Yeah, Um, but this yeah. happened both nights. It was noticeable on Sunday and it was more uh, pronounced on Monday. Right. Anyway, it was not poetry. Riot Squad pulls uh, Lib Morgan out of the way as Lita teased a moonsault. They come back from the break. Uh, Trish and Sasha worked together. They did a double team spot. Then they got the heat on Sasha for a long time until Natalia was tagged in. Stratus was in with a handspring hurricane runner to Mickey. Banks hit the Meteora. And then Bailey and Lita hit double twist of fates to Morgan and Riot. Bailey with a top rope elbow, Lita with the moonsault, two for two in as many nights, and then Lita lifts up Alicia Fox for a heart attack. Why Alicia Fox kicked out of this, I don't know. And then Natalia instantly applied the sharpshooter, and she tapped out.
0: I mean, it's not her finish.
1: You know? Like, she's never finished anybody with it, has she? Oh, w- Would have ruined it for... It just seemed like we we had a nice little finish here, and then we had to do a kick out, and then boom, we go right to the sharpshooter. it's Like, pick she, one of the up.
0: She's known for the sharpshooter, so I mean, i I didn't, I didn't hate that. Um, I I would say, um, you know, I do like Lita and Trish um, sticking around here. I thought it made for some really great moments in particular with Bailey and in there with with Lita and Trish. I love kind of like the tandem moonsault elbow drop, like especially for somebody like Sasha and Trish, who I think uh, we know their stories of of how big fans they are and how influential they are. Uh, They've been how influenced they've been by Lita and Trish. So it was really nice to see all of them team up together. Um, like I think Lita and Trish, you know, they're, they're, I, I feel like I I wouldn't mind seeing like a bit more longer of a nostalgic run with two of them or one of them, because I think there's still stories you can tell with the both of them. Um, but however, for the match itself, unlike, uh, all their matches last night, I kind of found this one just pretty dull, you know, but with a good final 30 seconds, this to me was a lot more reminiscent of your typical raw match with a lot of like, uh, rest holds, than anything uh, that we saw in Evolution. So, and also perhaps an indicator of just how big of a role that crowd played last night.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kayla Braxton was with the irresistible force, Nia Jax, and she's going to be waiting for Ronda Rousey after Survivor Series. So, Nia Jax just uh, sitting and waiting. Jax eliminated four people in the battle royal, and Kayla brought in the woman who eliminated five, Ember Moon, and Moon explained how she had lightning in a bottle during that battle royal, and Jack said it's ha- she's happy it came down to the two of them, but in the end she won, and she thinks that Kayla should keep interviewing her. Moon thanks Jacks for all the guidance she's given her, and challenges her to a match tonight. And Jack says, "Well, I'm gonna beat you just like I did last night," and Ember Moon just smiled. Got a big match between the uh, the best friends.
0: Yeah, Nia in this promo had a bit more of a cocky edge as a babyface. I mean, it it felt like a total heel type of uh, personality, especially up against Ember, who uh, plays the underdog really well. Um, It kind of did confuse me seeing the result of the match that these two would have um, because what they were setting up here felt very much like, you know,
1: just another David versus Goliath story. Elias was in the ring. Actually, we had a Twizzler spot with the B team and Alexa Bliss that I skipped through. Elias is in the ring, and he said he came early here to Charlotte because Ric Flair wanted to hang out with him. And I guess Elias then learned that Ric Flair doesn't live in Charlotte anymore. He said that he is Ric Flair's favorite, and he loved what he did to Baron Corbin last week. I swear to Godway, it took me two minutes before I remembered that Elias turned last week. I remember. I remember. uh, I had forgotten. I was watching this whole thing... Assuming Elias was still a heel, and then it uh, dawned on me, the attack last week. On the list
0: of, like, news uh, items over the past week, it was pretty far down there.
1: Yeah. He says he's going to go to the back to bring his song to Baron Corbin. So we go to the back. He runs into Dana Brooke, who was just hanging out, and she was denied a song. There was some chocolate cake that he had sent to his dressing room. And then he knocked on Baron's door and started playing outside his office. Baron eventually comes out and ends up shutting the door on Elias before he can be insulted by being called Stephanie's bitch. And then out of nowhere, Jinder Mahal attacks Elias. So um the pacifist Jinder Mahal looks to be done. He's now aggressive and attacks people from behind. And Baron made a match between these two, and I was dreading this commercial break ending. <laughs>
0: All the stuff beforehand I think was to you know done to further the uh, Elias babyface turn including um, getting uh, Dana to request a song and Elias kind of dodging her like the character hasn't really changed he's still a rude guy with an overinflated ego um, but he no longer no no longer insults the the hometown crowd Um, you know uh, women want him but he doesn't want women he's still like Trying to be pushed as a cool guy in that way, and I thought this week it it worked.
1: I will predict he will be a heel by January again. I th- I think this yeah. this character. We'll see. I I just I just see them being. It's there's going to be a week that they're going to get to a point that, man, this guy's so easier to write for as a heel than he is a babyface.
0: I think the big test is is him in ring, which we'll we'll get to, because I think wrestling as a babyface with his particular style in 2018, I think is, is a bit more of a challenge.
1: They did run a promo for SmackDown built around AJ confronting Daniel Bryan. The show's going to be in Atlanta tomorrow night, so probably a big AJ city. Uh, they've also announced Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ty Dillinger for the US title and one member of the New Day against one member of the bar in our annual trick or street fight. Okay. Awesome. Oh, great! <laughs> Don't sound too excited about the uh, the return of this great gimmick, man. I've
0: been counting 365 days. Yeah, October 30th oh. will be known for uh, two significant event- events in my life. Yes.
1: Yes, uh, and maybe uh, Cesaro will get uh, the pumpkin head again. Remember that year he got a pumpkin placed on his head.
0: I almost completely blocked it out, but it's back.
1: Yes. You know, I was I was carving a pumpkin on Sunday, and as I'm carving this thing, and taking all the stuff out, I remembered this match, and thinking to myself, "Man, who would put a pumpkin on their head? Like it's just gross." Pro wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. What were you? What did you carve? Like a pumpkin with uh, a scary-looking face on the front.
0: Oh, just the face.
1: Yeah. Okay. Nothing too elaborate. I don't know how people do those really crazy pumpkin designs. I think you have to like buy a kit or like draw a, yeah. draw a thing, like an etching thing. Yeah. I just, you know, triangles, squares, and uh, you know, I, I carved out like a pretty sinister looking smirk to this pumpkin. I, Are you, I, gu-
0: you giving out candy? Yes, I am. Your first time in, in, in the new place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, giving out candy. So uh, do stop by. Um, Jinder Mahal versus Elias. Uh, we did our best to delay the yeah, this conversation. Yeah, this was not like being rewarded candy. Mahal attacked his ribs stemming from the attack in the back. Um, wait, I'm not even going to uh, dull you with uh, the, the, the move set here, because this is all I wrote. Elias fires up, Mahal misses knee into the corner, drift away, wins four oh five. 0 I, I mean... Life- Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Well, no, I, I was going to say, like, much like the previous segment, I think it, what was of interest was to see Elias work as a babyface for the first time. Unfortunately, he had to do it against Jinder Mahal. Um, so this match really didn't stand a chance. Um, they kept Eli- uh, Elias' comeback really short. Like, I'm talking two moves, drift <laughs> away, that was it. Um, reaction from the crowd wasn't all that big. I think the crowd probably just isn't used to seeing him settling for this long. Reactions weren't that big. Um, it's He seems very limited. And I don't think he has that much in his repertoire for to wrestle as a babyface. So um, it's a lot to, I think, work on.
1: The highlight was Michael Cole saying Jinder his name so fast that he said, Elias has dinner just where he wants him. And Corey Graves called Michael Cole on his flub. And Cole clearly did not register what he had called him.
0: Dinner. Wow.
1: Dinner Mahal.
0: What a, what a, what a,
1: what a blooper. What a botch. Do you realize it was the European tour last year that Jinder Mahal lost his world title? He was the world champion last year at this time. Wow. Mm-hmm. He is not anymore. They revealed the brackets of the World Cup. We're going to get Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley, Kurt Angle versus Dolph Ziggler, and the graphic included Drew McIntyre, who I guess is being flown all the way to this event to be in Dolph's Corner. Jeff Hardy versus The Miz, which we just saw last week. He might might get involved in the main event, don't you think, Drew? Um, Maybe. They teased that. Uh, Jeff Hardy versus The Miz. It was actually Miz and Mysterio they did last week. And then Mysterio versus Randy Orton. To me, like I'm looking at the brackets. Um,
0: I, I, I... I I wonder like most interest to me, to me is to see who Kurt Angle faces cuz uh, as much as we talk about this being, you know, Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement. I mean, Angle really hasn't had much of a ring career in the WWE yet, and the prospect of Angle versus Rollins, I think that's a a dream match level um uh, uh bout that
1: that, you know, would be really interesting to see. What do you see as the final of this World Cup? Um I don't I don't think Ray's working multiple matches.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean I on that side of the brackets I see Randy Orton uh going to the finals and then maybe in the end. Uh you know, you could do Angle versus Orton. Uh I would like to see that. Could it be Lashley? Could it be I don't see it I don't see it being Dolph Dolph Ziggler versus Randy Orton would be so disappointing.
1: You know, it uh, would not shock me if Dolph beat Angle. Yeah, it wouldn't f- shock out. me either. Um but Maybe I think, Rollins and Orton in the final? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: it could be that. But um, you have a you have an out with, like, I guess you have an out with everybody. You know, you can have Dean cost um, Rollins a match. You could have, of course, Baron cost
1: Angle on, on a match. Um, but I would like to see Kurt Angle in the final. They aired this feature on Kurt Angle. Uh, footage of him winning the Olympic gold medal and then a bunch of clips from his career. And we got our Angle selfie promo. And he's heard whispers in the locker room and on social media that people doubt him. But he la- he outlasted everyone at the 2000 King of the Ring. Which is quite the argument to make for a big tournament 18 years later. He brought up winning the gold medal with a broken neck. And winning the World Cup now would mean more than anything he's ever accomplished. And he's not coming to prove he has one more match left. He's here to prove he's the best in the world. So... He is the legend that is trying to turn back the hands of time in this tournament.
0: I really like the promo.
1: I like. I like on a normal show. This will probably be an- here. what? Sorry, go ahead. I think we're uh, kind of talking over each other. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, you know, like
0: last week we talked about how, like, probably one of his worst promos of all time, Kurt Angle last week doing the teleprompter thing with the B roll over top of it. I thought he totally redeemed himself for that this week. Uh, it was like a Kurt angle cutting the type of promo that I think a Kurt Angle in his forties or fifties, whatever, however old he is, should be cutting. I'm here for to prove that I could still hang with these guys. And uh, yeah, kind of, kind of got me on
1: board with his, his, his angle. Kurt's angle. Yeah. The Ascension versus Bobby Roode and Chad Gable versus AOP. Uh, Roode and Gable chatted about Roode's robe. And then the other four jump AOP before the bell rings. They get uh, Akam and Rezar are sent into the steps and the post. And we return from break. The match is already in progress. Gable goes for the Chaos Theory with the Neckbreaker uh, by Rude to end the sequence. And he pins Victor in a minute seven. Just like that. Uh, AOP then killed everybody and hit the Super Collider to Rude and Gable. And I don't know. Is this... uh? There was a commercial break in between this two. Well there? yeah, they they only came back for the minute. The yeah. the majority of the match took place during the uh the 3 minute commercial break.
0: Yeah. I I I mean I think the chaos theory neckbreaker is cool. Um but I, maybe they caught it from a bad angle, but like maybe it didn't look like it fully hit, but I think I think um it could be cool. Um I thought it was okay, you know. Like, it's it's the raw tag team division. They still feel like there's not that much going on there. But AOP, uh, certainly
1: there's a lot of potential. Was this AOP's first loss since their their genius manager joined them? I haven't been keeping track. I don't know. Uh, Then we had a video of these various children that are battling cancer, offering their thoughts for Roman Reigns and... We cut into the arena, and the whole crowd is chanting, Thank you, Roman. And, man, you go from just this heartbreaking video uh, to Michael Cole then teeing up Dean's selfish act from last week, and this is where we get the video of Roman making his announcement at the beginning of the show, hugging Rollins and Ambrose, and then cut to Ambrose's turn. Uh, This, to me, was just... uh, I don't know how you do this. When you describe
0: the whole scene like that, like the whole segment like that, uh, it's pretty, I think it's, it's pretty rough because this first video from the children's health, uh, health
1: Dallas, um, this was, this was disgusting that these children were involved in this. Like it was this, it was to get your emotion in this, you're thinking about this and then we're we're using that I, to emphasize Dean's actions in this angle.
0: I ha- I hate to say that that video was disgusting cuz that video
1: was remarkable. I'm was, not saying video was, it's the, like what it was used for. Right. I, I was really turned off by this. Yeah.
0: But like I just want to say like the the video itself was like incredibly powerful. You know, you have like like children suffering from cancer wishing the person that they were looking up to to like I it was uh it it it's like it's breathtaking, you know. They come back this Roman chant from this audience, just like organically built to the point that Renee and Cole and Graves had to had to take a break from, from from the angle to let the moment kind of like take over on television, and that was amazing. But then like the awkward transition to something that's a storyline, and I you know what I could almost excuse it if the recap video did not make. I think the, the Roman le- leukemia thing is such a direct part of the storyline. Like if they just cut to a video and it was just like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose about to go win the tag team titles and Dean just turned on him, no mention of, of really all that other stuff, probably okay. But like the the video itself is just like, you know, um, like directly uh, related to the idea of Roman Reigns um, battling leukemia Uh, The whole world being again, uh, you know, supporting him. And then all of a sudden, Dean Ambrose uh, uh, disrespecting leukemia to turn on his uh, brother in the shield.
1: Yeah, I I just think the way that they used the Roman announcement at the beginning of that video, I mean, it removed any doubt that you could, you know, defend this. Uh, Had they aired this video with the children on its own, of course, like, of course, you would have no issue with that. But it just seemed like this was the the segment that what would you call this these five minutes? It was the Dean Ambrose recap segment, essentially. Like it was just so much geared to like that was the the end of this. That's how this segment was to end was Dean Ambrose, this heinous act on this night that this man announced his leukemia. This beloved figure who these children are sending their thoughts to, these own children who are like yeah. for me, it was too much of a blending
0: of reality and and fiction, you know. And I think you can like pro wrestling is so interesting in that like I I kind of want a bit of reality attached to it subtly. Um, you don't really have to tell me about it. Like if I know, uh, you know, um, some like a, a wrestler had recently lost a family member and he was uh, like Natalia, you know, just lost her her father and she goes out there, has a match, uh, dedicates it to her dad uh wins the match. I think that's a great little moment, but like um so when you cross, I think reality too far into into the fiction uh like this, making a, di- a direct reason for somebody to like uh turn heel uh or or not turn heel or get revenge uh, whatever. I don't know. It just it just kind of took me out of out of the enjoyment of the angle.
1: Seth Rollins comes out. Corey Graves is noting that he texted him throughout the week and he made sure to mention Rollins always got back to him but the messages were short and vague so he didn't ghost Graves all week Rollins calls it a roller coaster of emotions and and thanks all the people for their messages to Roman and he also mentions becoming Raw Tag Champion for the third time last week he should be celebrating with his partner and friend Dean Ambrose but he turned his back on all of us and that makes him feel guilty because now he's questioning if it was his fault, because of what he did four years ago. So he asks Dean to come out and explain why he did it. So Dean's music plays, but he doesn't come out, and he appears in the crowd. And Rollins is telling him to come down to the ring and says, at least when I stabbed you in the back, I had the dec- decency to look you in the eye. Ambrose is just glaring at him. He doesn't make any, doesn't say anything. Rollins says that he spat on the shield on the most emotional night when Reigns is fighting leukemia. And Ambrose made it about himself. And he's going to make Ambrose's life a living hell and threatens to go after him, and Dean takes off. Leukemia, um, stuff aside, I thought the segment was good. I thought Seth... Th- think about that statement, way In what any other context of your life, would you have to preface your opinion on something by stating the words leukemia stuff aside? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, the leukemia mention, I think, was completely unnecessary and, and just, uh, again, like takes you kind of out of the fun of it. You know, I no longer uh, can suspect in my disbelief when knowing that you're, you're kind of hitting this note this hard that you have to bring up something, whatever. But like, I just want to talk about Seth's performance itself. I thought like he sounded good he's had it real here um i love that he came out here and didn't just immediately get into you know i'm angry at you why did you turn on me he like came out here like questioning his own actions like he came out here with self-doubt wondering what he did to cause the issue was it me turning four years ago he's not quick to be angry he wants to come out to hear from his best friend why did you turn And it wasn't until at the end when Dean wouldn't give him a response that he did release that full blown anger. I thought that was like a lot better than than your typical, you know, all right, come here. I'm going to beat you up type of response to a heel turn. And I thought Dean too, like for somebody who didn't have to say a word as a heel. I mean, he conveyed a whole lot just like with with that grin on his face. I thought it was a, a really good heel grin. Again, could have done without all the... Blatant, I think, uh relating to leukemia. Um but the performances I thought were good.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you could have gone even further with that with Seth. That I feel that like this guy, this is his best friend. Uh and I think it should have taken more than one promo segment to get to that place where there's just full blown hatred for this guy. Um I, I think you could have, you know, gone a bit further with that if you rather than just get to to the climax of this breakup already um but yeah um i don't know i i was really turned off by this i just felt that you know i was one that you know i am critical a lot of different times and last week i gave them the benefit of the doubt and felt like i was uh, slapped in the face for that this week yeah i'm sure you're not you're not alone lashley and rush were interviewed in the back by charlie Rush goes over that Lashley has won MMA titles, so failed reference to the shark fight and extreme fight night heavyweight championships that Bobby Lashley once possessed, amateur titles, and he says that Bobby is money and he will be the best in the world, and Bobby just doesn't talk anymore. He just signals to to Leo. They're a version of, like, Heyman
0: and Lesnar. You know um but at this point I, I like they kind of come across like a bit of a cheap imitation which is almost unfair to say because I think Lesnar and Heyman set such a high standard uh for them to 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 be compared to but I think it just highlights how much more development these two need and to me like tells me that like this would have been a perfect act to debut first in nXt to give them that time to develop before bringing them, them up on the main stage because right now we're we're having to see them basically workshop this uh, lastly rush thing like week to week and by the time they figure it out it might be too
1: late. It's been a rush job. Exactly. Naya Jax versus Ember Moon. Naya grabbed her off the turnbuckle, drops her with a clothesline, is beating her down, ragdolls her into the corner and then Jax misses her running shoulder first into the post. Moon hits a somersault coming off the turnbuckle to the floor and then Tamina comes out. Jax continues her attack, hits the leg drop, just pins ember moon like she's nothing and her focus is with tamina and they have this stare down they tease coming to blows but tamina just smiles and leaves the ring i was astounded by this coming after night and that reaction that ember got and this this was our follow-up coming out of that that dog roll yesterday and it it was like
0: it was Ember that definitely received the biggest reaction in that entire match, and the fact that like the match was crafted to get that reaction for for Ember. Like there were there were moments where like as the final three, it was Ember versus the two giants in there. Like so, of course, like she's been being given like the the best babyface spot that you could possibly craft, and did a, they did a great job doing it? And that is topped off with like that the the segment earlier today on this show where. Again, you had Ember come out and talk about how excited she is, and you had Naya come out being all cocky, like a total cocky heel, saying, I beat you last time, I'm gonna beat you today. Well, I mean, I was expect at least expecting, like, you know, a bit more of a back and forth battle. At the very least, even if you're gonna have Naya Jax beat Ember Moon, I would expect some of the focus to be put on Ember Moon and the defeat to to show, you know, the-, the big mountain she has to climb. Instead, Ember loses. And is just rolls to the floor to, to give way to the stage to Tamina so that we can focus on a Tamina versus Nia Jax feud where Nia looks like the baby face. So I didn't get this at all. Um, The conspiracy theorist in me says, you know, if they're trying to build another Becky Lynch or Daniel Bryan, I mean, they sure know how to do it because you make the crowd really want somebody, then you completely bury them and you cause the fans to... Organically cheer for her as an underdog. I mean, if they want to do that, Ember
1: certainly has that going for him. But God, like, I didn't understand this at all. Then Michael Cole promoted Crown Jewel, calling it a global pay per view event streaming live on the WWE network known as WWE Crown Jewel. Should be a mouthful to uh, use all week.
0: How much do you think of Saudi Arabia they'll mention on the show itself? I mean, that is the biggest question,
1: right? Like will they avoid mentioning Saudi Arabia at all? I don't know how you can on Friday when you're there. Yeah. They can. You're here um, at the arena, here in beautiful <laughs> worldwide WWE universal approved country to be announced.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see to see if they go from one extreme to another where they they don't mention Saudi Arabia at all. And there's still a very good chance that I think on Friday we could get propaganda videos, we could get tourism videos, videos um talking about how, you know, what a great
1: person MBS is. We shall see. Like that was obviously part of the deal that that was going to be integrated into the show. So, I don't know. The fact that WWE has gone so far as to do this show I mean, are they going to be the ones to put their foot down or are they just simply going to go behind this, you know, the reasoning they gave that we had a signed agreement and we are going to fulfill this contract? I don't know. I don't know what to expect on Friday. Seeing how, like, how
0: much they've been targeted and knowing, I think, how much of the mainstream press might be watching this particular show, I have to imagine they're doing everything they can to to, uh, avoid, you know, having to show those videos or things like them.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I I don't give any expectation level to what they will or will not do or show restraint uh, over. Right. I mean, okay, who knows? Maybe the Davaris are going to be contacted on Friday. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. Callisto and Lince Dorado took on the revival. Uh, Corey Graves was making jokes about Callisto. They brought up his recent GQ photo shoot, which I wonder if that was the full reason of why they put them on RAW here. Uh, a rare attraction of the cruiserweights being placed here on raw
0: i don't know why they don't do it more often especially with tag teams i know the worry is like size but like you put two smaller men together
1: and like they're not that small anymore or at least they don't look that small anymore so Uh, you know what i i liked about this match first of all if this if these four had had 10 minutes i think this could have been a way better match yes Uh, i like what we got here and to me like, I know they kind of have their idea of who are our talent on 205 Live, but I think if you did have some, not giant guys, but just larger bases for a lot of these high flyers, you'd get more of a variety of mm-hmm. different matches on 205 Live. And I, I thought Scott Dawson, he was just great in here with with Kalisto. The
0: styles are, are not like... They work together. Look at the indie scene where there's no like weight difference differences. You have Marco stunt go up against Walter. Right. And, and I don't know if they've ever done that match itself, but I would certainly love to see it. I think that's always part of the fun of like watching professional wrestling is to see really small, like people of completely different styles and sizes work together. And, but in terms of speed, like these two teams match up really well together.
1: Yeah. I think if you, if you're, if you don't have a big hangup on the whole weight, which, the company clearly does because you've got to be that weight. Like, I think Apollo Crews would, would thrive working with those guys significantly more than what he's doing now. The, team, seemed,
0: the team with Tozawa was always something I wanted to see more of, but they sure. they gave it up.
1: Uh, Dawson hit a snap suplex, applied a gory special onto Kalisto, and then Kalisto escaped from that with an arm drag. Dawson then knocked Dorado off the apron, landed a big clothesline, and then while Dawson was talking to Grand Metalik on the floor... Kalisto hit the Salida del Sol, and Wilder got taken out by a springboard crossbody from uh, Lince Dorado. Three minutes and 19 seconds. Uh, They tried to pack as much as they could into these three minutes, but I would have loved to have seen these four get a bit more time. It was so packed that I don't think Dorado even actually tagged in once. I think it was only Dawson and Kalisto for at least 90% of the match, if not the full thing. Right. Yeah. So
0: I I think like um, I, I could have done without this, without like Graves- talking all over it like he just wouldn't turn off i think all the insults to Kalisto, i get it like it's you know i i kind of like having some, some uh the heels do like commentator from time to time but there was just a point here where like renee got into it with
1: him too where they just wouldn't shut up and call the match Dolph ziggler and drew drew mcintyre came out drew said they broke the shield and now his undivided attention is on lesnar and Strowman for the title Ziggler then cut a big promo and says, it doesn't make sense, Angle thinking he will win the World Cup, but he's looked up to Angle most of his life for what he did in collegiate wrestling, winning the gold medal at the Olympics, and without people like Angle, he would not exist in the WWE. He's going to cement his legacy by winning this tournament, and he is the best, the best that has ever walked down that aisle, and the best thing to ever happen to this business. And on Friday, he'll become the best in the world.
0: Yeah, good promo from Dolph. I find, like, his promo a bit tougher to believe in. Because, like, to me, Angle actually has something to gain from winning this tournament at this late stage of his career. Whereas Dolph, winning this tournament does nothing for him. It means nothing for him. It certainly would cement his legacy,
1: as he claims. So, I found it a little tougher to buy into. Are you starting to think that, like, this this tournament, the lasting... Legacy of this tournament, other than being on this show, is going to be that the winner is going to get the best in the world tag, that they're going to go with that. That is the moniker for whoever wins this thing. Sure,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what this is for, right? It's not for a title shot. It's not for a trophy. It's. I mean, I guess it is for a trophy,
1: but it's the best in
0: the world trophy.
1: Yes, I almost think that that lends itself to the Miz winning this. <laughs> Miz, it's called the, best, the best, in- best in the world. Yeah, you're not wrong. Ziggler faced Apollo Cruz. Uh, Cruz got some offense in here, including a long military press and standing moonsault for a two count. But then Cruz missed with a frog splash and Ziggler hit him with a super kick in three minutes.
0: Cole said, Apollo, very impressive as of late. You mean the guy who just lost to Elias? last Yeah, this guy's been losing all over the place. So whatever. And he lost again here, so... You know, he might be the most talented jobber in the company, Like he is way too talented to be in this position.
1: Yeah, I think we'd have to put a list together. I think he'd have some competition. There's there's some really talented guys. The that...
0: best jobber in the world. That should be the other tournament.
1: Something to aspire to. And then we go into our, our final bit of the show here, starting off with Taker and Kane and reminding us of the tombstones that they created for Triple H and Shawn Michaels.
0: This was a big uh, part of the criticism of the John Oliver video where um it well, was the this.
1: whole the whole theme of this match is Undertaker and Kane cutting promos on the theme of death yeah so I, and this this final promo if you if you have never experienced tone death, this was it um we had we had a the mixed match challenge promos first, but uh, yeah, not much to them. I I, I didn't watch him. sorry. Yeah, there were nothing. Kane and The Undertaker come out. Undertaker explains that when the Reaper calls, no matter how hard you fight, it's your time to go. He mentions Crown Jewel, the audience boos. He says they're going to take the beaten and battered souls of DX to the fury gates of hell. Quote, it won't be swift, it will be slow, agonizing pain.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh but yeah, <laughs> the, the John Oliver people are gonna love this. Oh my god. This was their whole segment if they want to revisit this on Sunday. Yeah. And then Taker ends it by saying, It's not just the end of an era, but the end of your error. <laughs> oh gosh. The Plunder Taker returns. <laughs> Jesus. Kane summons DX to the ring so they can take their souls for eternity. And they will never rest in and DX's theme cuts off Undertaker. Triple H comes out first, and then the uh the grandpa Heartbreak Kid comes out. He appears from the crowd as a distraction and a an super kicks the Undertaker, who falls down for a long time, and then the closing shot is the Undertaker sits up from the ring and DX wander up the stage in fear. And that was our final segment to set up Shawn Michaels' return on Friday. And, yeah, I just thought, man, the, uh, yeah, all I could think about was, uh, Jesus, if anyone wanted to just, uh, if John Oliver wanted to redo another segment, this this was your promo.
0: It certainly, like, didn't bother me last week, because, like, to me, it's just like, oh, it's the Undertaker playing his character. But I, I felt like I was kind of in the minority there. I mean, I heard a lot of criticism about it, about, like, just all the imagery surrounding Burying, burying people. Um.
1: <laughs> it's
0: like, it's just oh,
1: impossible. It's like you either have to accept that they are so had their heads buried in the sand that they just have zero concept of the real world, or they just don't care. And neither one, I think you can uh, right. give them a, a pass on. Yeah. It's like you're either completely ignorant or you're completely insensitive to the world around you that does function beyond your three-hour wrestling show every week. I can't tell you like how kind of weird I feel about
0: this match. You know, I'm really not looking forward to it. First of all, in-ring, I'm not looking forward to it. But the overtones attached to the match in particular make it quite uncomfortable. You have Triple H, who is an executive of, of this company, somebody who is directly benefiting from this company, being in Saudi Arabia and making a whole lot of money as a result of it. Kane who is an elected mayor of America, leaving his political duties in exchange for who knows what to do this match in Saudi Arabia. It's The Undertaker, a man, I mean, whose gimmick it is to kill and bury people, putting on a show for what I think you can at this point classify as murder suspects,
1: a government of, okay. And then it's Shawn Michaels. You're not wrong, way. Everything you're saying is completely like non-sensational and on top of that it's Shawn michaels
0: the man i think of of anybody who who most respected to
1: make the most out of these four for this yes
0: but the man also who perhaps most respected the concept of retirement selling out his artistry for a big payday from those same suspected murderers it is so weird my mood for this i think is so far from how I, I, I'd feel if you told me earlier this year that in four days, I'm about to see Shawn Michaels come out of retirement. I do not feel that
1: excitement at all. I think this show is gross. I am I understand that uh, some people are not going to have the same problem I do uh, with it. And you are well within your opinion uh, to have that and to watch this show. And if you want to just turn off the world and enjoy a wrestling show on Friday, that's your prerogative certainly isn't mine there's nothing wrong with it i have to say like i mean okay you know what i i i'm not gonna go that far i i think that you really have to be able to lack a, a certain conscience to completely divorce yourself from what this show is when you're staring at this screen and not just going to this country but the fact that they are making so much from this government and will be Uh, promoting this government and talking about its virtues and how wonderful this place is and the changes that they are undergoing and who is responsible for these changes. I'm sorry. I cannot expect this show to be completely uh, or have all of those references erased from this show. Like you are literally being told that on this show. I don't know how you can separate it. I really don't. I don't really have an excuse for somebody wanting to defend, I think, uh, uh,
0: the company's actions, but like, I'm not going to call somebody who chooses to be, uh, you know, be ignorant of, I think the bigger issues is at hand. I'm not going to call those people bad people, you know, cause I, at one time I might've been one of those people. Um, I just call that ignorant. Okay. And, and ignorance doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. Um, but I think I, hopefully if you're listening to this, like Uh, we've done uh, at least a little bit to make you a bit more aware of actually what's going on with this show. Um, It's a much more uh,
1: important show than the matches that are being featured. Let's go to the feedback before we wrap up the show. And you can go to forum.postwrestling.com. We start off with Chris from Australia. Well, I enjoyed Evolution last night. However, on Raw tonight, it felt like an afterthought and full speed ahead to Crown Jewel, at 2 a.m. Saturday local time. And yeah, so Australia, you got, you got your show at a reasonable time earlier this month. And now uh, the show is at 2 a.m. Your time.
0: Rating, by the way, for uh, the show from the oh, board. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, 4.36. Okay, we go up next to Steve, who says, I haven't watched Raw or Smackdown for over a decade. I spent the past few weeks trying. <laughs> I've decided that Raw is not worth my time. It's a YouTube watch. The highlight for me was when that guy with Bobby Lashley came out. My girlfriend who hates this shit says, This guy again? I ask, You remember this guy? She says, Yeah. He's the guy that yells my name with an L on it. Because her name's Ashley. Oh. Or Ash. Or Lashy. Could be Lashy as well.
1: Oh man, I'm gonna... I'm going to think of Ashley instead of Lashley now when he yells this. All right, we go to Joseph. Hello, everyone. This is my first time here, and I'd just like to say thanks to John and Way for pumping out these reviews. Well, you're welcome. Uh, he goes on to say, this show was never able to hold my attention consistently. I was able to get through the Heyman, Corbin, Lesnar, and Strowman opener. No problem. However, the next segment enlightened me on one of the most annoying acts in wrestling. Leo Rush as a heel manager. I swear Vince threatened to dock his pay if he didn't chant Lashley, Lashley enough times. I took a break during the five-woman tag to watch some hockey and came back to an Elias segment. Hooray! He's one of my favorite acts in the company and always entertains. The Elias gender match was fine for what they can do in the ring, but after that, I honestly could tell you more about what I did in the new Spider-Man PS4 game than Raw itself. Not even the Seth Dean segment grabbed my attention, to be honest. And finally, good God, this Taker and Kane look old. Solid five to ten Five out of ten, if I could describe it as anything, it was definitely televised. That's true. This show was televised. Oh, okay. God bless way this next one.
0: I don't know how I always land on this. Brandon <laughs> look- from New Jersey, reping the Jersey Triad. My dearest Jacko pins. Hey gang, it's me. Wouldn't be a Raw without my presence in text form. And I just want to say, hey, let's talk about Raw, huh? It was something. I felt kind of how you sat weird with Roman's illness (sighs) leading off the show again. And boom, we pivot to Baron, the cooler Corbin, holding the strap in the ring like he's a top player in the organization. No bueno, man. The show was fine. Glad Lucha House Party got some work in and went over against the revival. Man, did those dudes do to piss off management. Anywho, shout out to Cena for finding a way to bail on Crown Royal. I won't watch, but I'll follow along because I'm a moron. Meanderings of a madman. Pollock, like I heard you were curious about what I would do during the day. I'm a UPS driver, silly. All you had to do was ask. I also used to operate cranes. Thoughts on Leo Rush rocking the blazer with no shirt look? Locking, looking like a pocket Russell Westbrook. Rousey Beck's at Survivor Series. I guess that is Beck's roadblock and the line. Am I right? <laughs> Looks like Jinder Mahal tuned you up. That line was gold, like Ari Emanuel. Poor Dana Brooke reduced to panhandling for Elias to play her a song. Separation at birth. Razar and Luke Thomas. <laughs> what? No I mean, way. Uh, You're crazy. Ray Mysterio on a boat. I don't know how about you, but I couldn't handle a trip like that. See, Joe Poe, I'm like you. I love going to wrestling shows. Can, can you explain how he wrote Joe Poe? <laughs> J-O-E-P-O-E. See, Joe Poe, I'm like you. I love going to wrestling shows and whatnot. But to be around that all weekend and in the seas, people chanting too sweet every two count, I may be getting a dinghy and rolling myself to the Nassau.
1: Okay, how long are we going to go with with this? Yeah, he needs to cut these down a little. He needs an editor. That's what he needs. So uh, so
0: Rey Mysterio's on the cruise?
1: Yes, he's on the cruise as we speak. Interesting. Yeah, so he won't be at SmackDown on Tuesday night. Yeah, going right from the boat to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Next one is from Alex. Honestly, I'm just so disgusted by this build to Crown Jewel and them selling out. I could care less about Raw. I enjoyed Evolution. I've canceled my network subscription for the time being. I cannot support this. It's disgusting and sad that so many people still turn a blind eye to this. Kudos to John Cena.
0: Charlie from Maryland, this show felt like an afterthought. If it's going to be like that tomorrow for SmackDown, why even watch tomorrow? The Balor versus Lashley match was bad. Actually, any Lashley match that has Leo Rush saying Lashley, Lashley is bad. Sounds like people like that's really getting on people's nerves and not not in the good way. Okay, um, he says, I couldn't stand it. Elias' turning face actually is entertaining, and I didn't even like the guy before. The Seth Dean segment did nothing for me, and seeing that they will go with Becky versus Ronda at Survivor Series is weird. Their interaction looks so odd and uncomfortable. Hey, champ. Sup,
1: champ. Like, really, come on. All right, we go to Tyler from Orlando. He says, I thought Trish and Lita being in the 10-woman tag was just wasteful. They should feel special if they're going to start wrestling again, only on pay-per-views. Elias's face turn is still weird to me, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Jinder is an easy guy to pair him with, and he will never get cheered over his opponent. I nearly spat up my coffee when Bobby Lashley spoke words. What is this? Some kind of character development? I didn't even see, I didn't even hear him say anything. I don't, any, I don't sure. think he Yeah, I don't think that was him. His question. You may have uh, discussed this already, but what happens with the Raw tag team title? Surely they won't have Seth and Dean defend them as the classic. These two guys can't get along, but must defend their titles. That would not be fitting. What do you see them doing with the tag titles? Um, you know, just tournament. Oh. With this raw tag team roster? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: The more I think about it, the more I just... I'm not really sure why they did the title change to begin with, but maybe they have a great idea that'll further this uh, Seth Dean story. Maybe. We go to Jalen from Pickering. I found the show pretty bad overall, but at least we're almost past Crown Jewel. This Ambrose-Rollins feud was the only interesting thing, and it has the potential to be a G- Champa Gargano level if it's booked properly. I found that the amount of mentions and highlights about Roman were a bit much, even during Rollins' promo. Obviously, it's a big deal. I just hope the company doesn't overdo bringing it up, and that they don't use it as a central aspect of the, of the Rollins-Ambrose
1: feud. We can only hope, right, Jalen? Yeah. We can only hope they don't go that that far. will never do that. that. No, no, of course not. All right. Thank you, everybody, for your feedback. We always appreciate it. Forum.PostWrestling.com. Waiting and I, we're going to be back on Tuesday night. We will be back with Rewind to SmackDown uh, in terms of uh, shows this week. Lots of them coming your way. PostWrestling.com and PostWrestlingCafe.com to grab all of your shows. And we have our Evolution post show uh, that is up now. You can download the free version or you can watch our review from the brand new Post Office West if you are a double double or higher member of the cafe uh, it is where i'm sitting now way i'm still in astonishment it just looks uh i feel so professional
0: oh wonderful we try here uh certainly we can't, we can't do it without the help of our patrons so uh, as a reward we want to give uh, especially uh uh people who choose to donate more than uh the base tier access to video so expect that for this expect that for uh evolution actually for sorry for crown jewel it's it'll be for everybody so you awesome. can all check it out then
1: okay we are gonna say good night to everybody and we'll be back on tuesday night chatting smackdown